Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, Taylor and Ridge's wedding on Bold and Beautiful may have been pulled together quickly, but it wasn't short on fireworks in terms of what we've seen so far. So I love that once again, Douglas was the catalyst for a big secret coming out. And this time he spilled the beans to Steffi that Thomas used his voice app to call Child Protective Services and pretend to be Brooke. So what did Steffi do? She didn't hold her peace. And I imagine the ripple effects will be massive for Ridge, Taylor, Brooke, Thomas, Steffi, Hope, etc. I mean, Ridge will not be thrilled to realize that he broke up with Brooke because he thought Brooke lied to him, and now Taylor is the one who really did. Oh, does this umbrella story have a lot of legs, and I am here for it. Um, now, speaking of romantic entanglements, we're going to see Sally and Adam reconnect on Young and the Restless after his big marriage proposal, which will leave her future with the brothers Newman in question. And GH also has a huge week, and you have the scoop on that. That's right. It's bittersweet because we have come to the final chapter of Emma Sams's return to GH as Holly. Bitter because I'm not ready to say goodbye. Sweet because, oh my goodness, there is going to be a lot of action before it's a wrap on Holly. So Victor has given Holly a mission, which is to steal the necklace from Robert and deliver it to him. But let's just say that as simple as that may seem on the surface, there are a whole lot of obstacles for her to navigate. We will see some pretty intense scenes between Holly and Laura as part of that. And when Holly seeks refuge in a cabin, the authorities are hot on her heels, Robert included, and the story comes to a wild climax when there is a huge explosion. Uh, Emma told me that she was not physically on the set when the detonation occurred, but that she could not only hear it from her dressing room, she could also feel it. So uh, I think it's fair to say that that is going to be uh, an exciting, twisty, turny event uh, filled week on GH. And, And not only that, but thanks or no thanks to preemptions, we will see the Quartermains celebrate Thanksgiving next week. And I don't think I'm giving too much away when I say the odds of them finally getting their drama-free turkey dinner are not so great. But I definitely think it will be fun to see just how disaster strikes this year. Oh, it always is. And I love that that is a common theme. Um, now, we have a super fun roundup in the new issue. We asked stars who watch soaps before they joined them who they were fans of. And I just loved everybody's responses. I mean, needless to say, like me, we had some Luke and Laura enthusiasts in Daisy's Stacey Heiduck, who plays Kristen and Susan. GH is on Laura Wright, of course, Carly. And Michael E. Knight, who plays Martin and is also playing Laura's brother. Uh, now, Daisy's Ariane Zucker loved Salem's Jennifer and Frankie. Uh, so did I. And she actually ended up working with both of them, which I think is pretty funny. And Young and the Restless's Melissa Claire Egan, who plays Chelsea, was into All My Children's Adam and Erica. And then she wound up marrying Adam when she played AMC's Annie, which I think is a great full circle moment. Absolutely. Now, another fun feature in the new issue that I think will put a smile on readers' faces is a special section looking back at some of the many couples who met on set. I am a sucker for a real-life couple, and I know you are as well, and it is remarkable how many daytime actors have successfully found their life partners on the job. And Steph, I think you and I are so lucky because we have gotten to hear such sweet stories on this podcast from some of the actors who fell in love with their co-stars. 
I remember, uh, you know, Katie McLean telling us about how there was kind of an instant chemistry between her and John Lindstrom, GH's Ryan and Kevin, when they crossed paths at All My Children, where she played Dixie and he was there in a directing capacity. But Fanola Hughes, uh, you know, pulled him aside because she had a question for him. They are now married. Uh, Rebecca Herbst, GH's Liz, told us about how Amber Tamblin, who used to play Emily, would have her come up to the set with her when she had intimate scenes with Michael Sacedo, X1 who Rebecca went on to marry. And I'm excited, Steph, to potentially swoon when we talk to our guest today, Camila Banus, a.k.a. Daisy's Gabby, because Gabby's love life is more complicated than ever. But since we last podcasted with Camila, she became a real-life wife. And she definitely has some great wedding stories to share. Plus, she is really in the thick of things in Salem. So let's check in with her and see what's happening. Hi, Camila. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, we are so happy to talk to you today. So much has happened since the last time we spoke to you, which was in January 2020. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That feels like forever ago. I know, right? And lifetime. at the time, Gabby was in a little storyline limbo romantically. So Stefan had just been killed off and Jake didn't air for a few months, even though you were already filming with Brandon. So let's go back to that time. And first of all, tell us, what did you think when you heard that Brandon would be playing another role? Okay. I was excited because I was just like, wait, Stefan dying came out of nowhere. And I don't know if you know this, but I don't really read my scripts often until I have to work. So a lot of the times I'm like finding stuff out either through Brandon telling me the week before, Hey, did you read that script? Did you find out what's going to happen? I'm like, no, uh, can you tell me? And then he ends up telling me and I still don't read it until the day of, but, um, but it was, it was a total shocker. It was, um, I mean, it was obvious that he had to be in something because he had just been, he, he hadn't even been there that long. So it just felt like we would, what's going on. So, you know, um, it made sense that he would be playing a different character. I then did an eye roll and was like, Oh, he's playing a brother. Okay. That's totally soapy. Makes sense. Um, and you know, fans kind of loved it. There was a huge response for, for, for jabby fans out there. So I think people love this, like kind of rascal, um, personality with Gabby. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think back on playing Gabby as she was falling for this new brother in this new dynamic, how did you like go about working to make the Gabby Jake dynamic different from the one that she had with Stefan? Yeah, well, the great thing about the easy thing about that was that Brandon played Jake so different, completely different from um, Stefan that already just within his personality difference, there was a complete different dynamic between him and Gabby. Um, But I also had this other kind of energy that was pushing me, which was that he looked exactly like Stefan. And that was this inner turmoil that she was dealing with on her own. And that's, I think what made it different, but also the same because she was like, she, she knew this wasn't Stefan, but she had, she, she, she was looking at him or what she thought was him, you know, because obviously they're the same person. Um, face wise. Uh, and so it just, it, 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 it was so hard to not think that was Stefan. And so that I think made it be a completely different situation, which made it a different dynamic. Right. Um, so now you mentioned Gabby and Jake did have their following. So what were some highlights for you about playing out that story? Um, you know, I think the highlights were just like the, the, the brass sassy fun things I got to say to him just because Um, it was kind of like a really low point in her life where she just was like, well, the love of my life is gone. Here's this other man. Like, I know that's not him, but whatever, I'm going to throw myself at him. See if this works, see if I can just like make my heart stop hurting so badly. Um, so I think that was it. Now, as part of that whole situation, you got to do some on-screen tangling with, uh, Tamara Braun, who plays Ava. Tell us about working with Tamara. She's like, she's just so much fun to to work with. She, she did this to me a few times. It just shows you how committed she is in the scene. She, uh, we would, we would have a scene where we would be fighting and like bickering back and forth. And then all of a sudden she would just like keep staring at me and not say her line. And then for a second or two, 
there would be this silence and she would say, oh my God, I was watching you. I'm sorry. I was watching you. I, I, I completely was like just watching your performance and I'm got, I got lost. I'm sorry. And it happened more than once. And she's just so fun and lovely. And she's so committed um, as an actor. And that just is, it's just, just shows you a small example of, of her commitment and her passion to what she does. And it shows, it shows on screen. It shows in her character and, and um, having Gabby and her feud was so, so much fun they just had so much to play with and throwing in the situations with galen and everything it was just so much fun mm -hmm. now what do you like about the gabby ava dynamic i like it that i feel like gabby doesn't tangle with a lot of women um right. or doesn't play with a lot of women and this was like a good you know sparring session that you would have yeah it was a good opponent it was a definitely met she like met her match you know she had this very sassy you know woman that came from like came from a criminal background basically she couldn't gabby couldn't say hey i've been to prison she, she ava's got her beat you know <laughs> so uh yeah so she she met her equal she met her match and and i think that's what makes it fun i think you know gabby and and her especially those fun scenes we have in the kitchen where i'm like throwing food at her and like you know calling her food and things like that so it's just <laughs> It, 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 we get to say some wild things to each other. And I definitely believe the writers um, had fun with it. Absolutely. Now, Gabby uh, also had a little fling with Carson Boatman's Johnny. So what was it like for you to work with Carson? Oh my gosh. Carson's so funny. He's such a Southern gentleman. Um, he's such a, a, a pleasure to work with because he's very professional, but he's also very laid back. Um, and just the, during the whole entire month, there was just so many scenes where he was playing with different people. And I just was telling him, I'm like, dude, I don't know. They're just trying to figure out what to do, where to put you, what to, what we're doing here. And so I think I told him, I was like, that happens sometimes, you know, it's, I even had a, a, a story line where I was kind of like trying to be paired up with with the Brady character and it was like okay no so the, it just sometimes they they'll they'll do that to us and it just it's interesting because these people are our friends but then we get up there and we have to like start kissing them <laughs> it's so awkward but you know at the end of the day it's our job it's so much fun and everybody makes it really professional so we have a really great environment mm -hmm. Um, now, also in la last year, you got to take part in a special episode that saw the return of Blake Barris as Nick. So did you ever think you'd work with him again? And what was that like for you? Uh, no, <laughs> I got a call from him. Not a call. Sorry. I think it was a text um, asking me, hey, um, do you know something that's happening in whatever month? And I said, boy, I don't read the scripts. I do, do not understand. I, do, do you not know? I'm notorious. <laughs> yeah. I'm notorious for not reading the scripts. This is a wrong person to ask. And, uh, and he was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I guess I'm coming back for something. I think it's like, you know, one or two episodes. And I was like, all right, well, look out for it. I'm excited. And then finally the day came and, um, I was reading the script and stuff and I was like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. This is right up his alley, a totally creepy kind of situation and so much fun to play. Um, and, and, you know, the, the chemistry between Nick and I and Gabby is, has always been great, whether it was scary, it's always been great, you know? Um, so I think it was just really nice for the fans to have him come back and play that and incorporate, um, the Jake character as well. Did it feel like, as they say, riding a bike to work with Blake or did it really feel like you could sense the passage of time? Oh, it definitely felt like riding a bike. Like I, I just, the minute that he started talking, it, the way he speaks, the way his tone of everything, I was just like, oh my gosh, like it took me back to just those days where we were acting together every single day. And it just was very, it's comfortable. It's just something that was fairly familiar. And I, as soon, like I said, as soon as I heard his voice and we started to just even rehearse, I was like at ease. It was, it's, it's always been like that. Okay. Let's talk about Gabby's meteoric rise up the corporate ladder. So <laughs> did you ever think that when you started like a clothing company that she would be now like a CEO of a huge corporation? And what do you think makes her worthy of this position. Wow, wow, wow. Definitely when Gabby Sheik came into the picture, I did not imagine that Gabby would be a Demera, that she would take the positions that she has, that she has been the head of Demera Enterprises at some point, um, that she has risen Gabby Sheik to what it is today. 
um, the fact that she holds up her own in a in a huge board meeting, you know, says a lot about her character, her ambition, her conviction, and um, and and how she's grown as a businesswoman. And yeah, you know, it's been it's been a ride, and I think that that's what makes Gabby such a, a fun character. She's she's like such a standalone character. I say this often, like I don't take a credit away from anybody that's in like a super couple situation, but Gabby is such a standalone character. She is like this fierce force where she, you know, and I, I, I think there was one time where that's where I saw it the most. We were doing a, um, a fan event. I don't remember where it was. It might, we might've been traveling somewhere, but it, it, it worked out that there was uh, odd numbers and I was the standalone and everybody was paired in their, you know, prospective, um, pairing at the moment that was airing and here I was doing all these interviews and doing everything on my own. And that's when I was like, heck yeah, that is Gabby. She's not afraid to do it alone. She's not afraid to get in there and she doesn't need somebody to hold her hand. She's got this, you know, and that's how she is in the business world. That's how she is with her family. And, um, and that's just, that's what I've seen like the most growth within her from when I first started, she was this very like shy, scared little girl that, couldn't fend for herself but now she doesn't need anybody to speak for her she can speak for her and more <laughs> yeah just try to stop her from speaking for herself or speaking her that's, mind in fact that's right that's right <laughs> um so along this this route remington hoffman was tapped to come to the canvas in a more meaningful way as lee uh, uh, who fell big time for gabby so what can you say about remington as a scene partner remington is awesome he is quite possibly I don't know how to explain this because you're going to think this is ridiculous, but he is the most kindest, nicest, gentlest person ever. He, you know, I, I, the best way I could describe is, is I don't know, maybe a situation where I'm in a hallway and I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, Oh, I got to go get my makeup done. I got to, you know, my look super tired this morning. I got to get these dark circles covered up. And then here comes Remington and he'll be like, no, you don't. You look beautiful. You always look beautiful. You're always glowing, Camila. You know, you, you, you don't need any makeup. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Remington, oh, did we just bottle you up and you everywhere? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, he's just that kind of guy. He's just really nice and, and more than professional. He, you know, he always wants to work. He's always down to rehearse and uh, a pleasure to work with. So you're really the veteran of this pairing. Did you share any advice with him or did you have any like words of, you know, like suggestion of this is how we should do it for him or no? I mean, yes and no. There's always like little things that you pick up here and there, especially watching each other. That's I think how we learn the most from each other. We'll, for example, he'll, I'll say something like a, a word, a keyword that we use on set. And he'll be like, what does that mean? And I'll just, you know, quickly explain it to him. Just like I asked somebody when I first started and I didn't know what that word meant you know it's the same kind of thing we're very much a family um atmosphere at, at days but i think we've just he's he's kind of just grown as as the time has come by he's gotten thrown so much work so much so many words um and so many scenes and he has taken it like a freaking champ um because let me tell you working on our show is not easy um you know i always try to explain to people that don't understand how soaps work but i would describe it as working 10 times more than a primetime set um as far as the volume of work and it's just really really difficult um to kind of take in especially if you are not used to it and this is remington that was coming in for sent a scene here and there and then all of a sudden he He's, you know, shooting more than five episodes a week. And that's a lot. And he's, you know, it's super commendable the way that he's done it. And again, it just shows his level of professionalism that he can take so much parliament, so much, so many words and um, and kind of dominate them because that's what he's done. When you were new, maybe not even just to days, but uh, to the genre at One Life, are there people that pop into your head as the people that you would be most likely to say, hey, what is this? soap specific technical term mean and you know things like that that helped you get your own bearings yeah 100 percent. i mean i remember for me my small circle or, or where i felt really comfortable to speak was to Brittany underwood she was like my girl at um one life to live and even till now she 
Um, I was actually just the director on the first lead that I ever did that just aired last week. And the friendship that I cultivated with her at One Life, it was just amazing because I don't know. I don't know if it was because she was a Latina and she spoke to me immediately in Spanish. And and here was this like blonde girl. And I was like, wait, what? Or like, I remember she was redhead or something. Yeah, I think her hair was red. I was like, wait, you speak Spanish? She's like, yeah, I'm Colombian. And I'm like, what? In New York? What is this? This is weird. And so just the fact that she was there, it, I felt so safe to be able to ask those questions. So, you know, I've always wanted to be that person person at days and anybody that has joined our show, I've always been that person to knock on the door and say, Hey, if you have any question, like big, small, weird, whatever you think it is, just ask me, you know, I I'm, I'm here. My room number is this number and come, come, let me know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cause you know, some people tell us that like, they don't really like to engage in that way with new people because they want them, you know, maybe to find their way a little, but it's, I think it's helpful to share that kind of information. No, super helpful. And I'm not, you know, I'm not embarrassed to ask either, even at, at the point that I'm asked, there's some, there's a lot of things that I just don't know. Even in the script, there's, there's a lot of like English, old English sayings that are in the script that I have to look up because I just don't speak in those terms. Um, uh-huh. uh, and, or maybe even like business terms, um, that Gabby has to say. And there's a lot of times where I either have to look it up or I'll just ask them a co-star and say, Hey, what does this mean? Or even Maria our stage um coach she's amazing she's a world of knowledge and i ask her a lot of stuff <laughs> um now what do you think attracts gabby to lee you know i think there's a there's a level of like power there with lee there's like an intoxication of like this opulent life that he leads you know that he goes and travels on these jets out on a whim and you know he's here today and gone tomorrow it's kind of like a james bond of the business salem world i mean as far as like gabby sees him and i think she sees like excitement with him i think she sees somebody that's kind of getting her out of a funk a little bit and uh and to have nice champagne and expensive shopping sprees isn't bad either. So in in the middle of all of this, right, the show brings Brandon back this time, once again, as Stefan. Tell us how, I guess, I, let me let me guess from reading the script the day up, but tell us how you found out about the, the character switchback, if you will. Well, again, it was one of those situations where Brandon the week before stopping the hallway is like, hey, did you read what's going on? And I'm like, no, what's going on? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're going to die. He's like, yeah, I'm coming back. Stefan's coming back. And I'm like, oh my God, they're doing it. They're doing what the fans want. Oh my God. Cause you know, for a long time, the fans were asking for Stefan, 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 Stefan. And I think there was, it, it became so long that people kind of lost, lost like hope that that would happen. And they just kind of joined the, 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 the Jake bandwagon. They were like, whatever, if this is what we got, then we're going to make it work. And then all of a sudden they're bringing Stefan back. So it was like, Hey, well, what is this? We asked for this, but then you didn't give it to us. And now we're here. So it's kind of, it was kind of like a weird situation. Um, because we were excited to have Stefan back, but we weren't sure how people were going to react, how the storyline was going to work. He has no heart, <laughs> was on ice for how many years? How does it work? It's a proper. It's days of our lives. Welcome to days of our lives. So, you know, we kind of just rolled with the punches. We were excited that, um, that that would happen. We were hoping the fans would like it and, you know, hopefully, um, it's working. Hopefully people like it. And I think, you know, I think the fun thing about Gabby and Stefan is this, it's always that chase with them. It's the best part of them. Mm-hmm. Now, how have you approached Stabby 2.0? You know, I approached it as Gabby would full throttle. She went straight for the jugular. She was like, my man's back. She's <laughs> back. And, uh, you know, my life is going to be great. And sorry, Lee, who? Okay. Thank you. And, um, you know, when he does not reciprocate these feelings, it's like the coyote hitting the wall. You know, it's like, what 
in the world. You flip the script on me. And, um, and I think that's what makes sense that if it, if it was easy, if it was just, you know, going straight into his arms and reminiscing in the town square and going into a full on slow-mo kiss, it would be boring. You know, it would be boring. I think there's a time and place for that. Um, I think having this, situation this angst this obstacle makes sense for gabby and stefan that's what they are that they they're always like this so to have them go back to their bickering and bantering it's also what the fans want it's what we want you know it's what we want to see we want to see that fire that sassiness that spiciness um you know gabby going in for the slap usually there's another one coming in the other arm so you know it's that's that's what they are did you um have any conversations with Brandon about like what you wanted to bring to this next arc of the stabby story? No, actually we haven't discussed it. We've just kind of been rolling with it only because at the beginning of it, it seems so sep- we were so separated with having, um, you know, Chloe is uh, Chloe in as, as a character, um, a very important character in this kind of triangle. And it, it was, it was very clear that, Stefan has nothing and wants nothing to do with Gabby. So as much as Gabby may want to push, she, she, there was, you know, it's written, there's written obstacles that she just cannot, you know, override. So we've taken this as, as far as the script is, is, is allowing us, you know, so that's why we haven't really planned too much because we're going on this ride, you know, right now we can't really do too much. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think it means to the fans to have the potential for this couple to get together again? I think it's it I think it's 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 awesome in a way, but I think it's also a little divided because of what I, I said. I think there are people that were standing stabby for so long and it didn't happen. They lost hope and they kind of fell in love with Jake and Gabby. And those people are not to say that they don't like stabby. But they kind of, since they lost hope, it's like, you know, it's, it's disappointing. It's kind of like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this anymore again, or I don't know. It's going to bring me another disappointment. And so I think there's an element of that, but I think that the fans, the, the, the majority of fans that want Stabby back are extremely happy. Of course. Are you kidding me? You know, this is what they've been wanting for. They didn't want the Stefan character to, um, die. I think there's a lot to explore with him. I mean, he's literally Stefano's son named after him. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a big deal. And, um, and he, I don't think his character got to explore the business side as much as he could. And also we didn't have the EJ character, um, at the time that Stefan was there, we didn't have them kind of battling it out the way that they can now. Yeah. That's a good point. It definitely adds some spice to the Demera situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. You mentioned, uh, that Chloe is like the third member of this brewing little triangular situation. So what has it been like to get to, uh, work more with Nadia Bjorlin who plays Chloe and also face off with her? (laughs) No, working with Nadia has been amazing. Facing off with her has been awesome because she's, (laughs) She has this like sarcastic, dry humor that plays on screen and off screen. And I think she's just, you know, she's so much fun to play with um, and work with. And she's so beautiful. Are you freaking kidding me? Looking at her, I'm like Tamara. I get lost. I'm like, oh my God, look at this woman. But she's, you know, she's a a wonderful mom and a really great woman to work alongside. And um, she has a lot of strength and it shows in her performances. And, and it's really nice to see Gabby kind of have in this love triangle, again, another match, another equal, another somebody that's kind of like meeting her there and not kind of backing down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in general, I find it really interesting that Gabby has not had great success with romance. You know, why <laughs> do you think that is? And do you care? Um, I think it stems, <laughs> maybe it stems from our first relationship with Will. I don't know. Um, no, you know, I really, I, I don't care because of what I said or previous about how strong she is as a woman. She doesn't need a man. You know, she's, 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 she's gone through situations. I think, especially going through, through prison for an extensive period of time. I want to say they played it off as like a year and a half or something like that. You know, it changes a person and it changes a person's priorities. And um, 
and family is the most important thing to her. And I think she above all is, is about family more than anything. She, she would take being with her family than being, you know, off somewhere in a vacation with her loved one, just them too. She, she would rather be at home with family and her loved one. And so she, it's just, it's, it's, it's a situation where, yes, I wish Gabby maybe would have found somebody already and settled down. But again, I find that personally boring. I think those kind of storylines for me are like, whatever, they just kind of have a cap. Um, but there's so much to play where she doesn't settle. She doesn't settle for, for anybody or for or anything. She is constantly evolving. She's constantly changing. And, um, the person that is going to be with her has to know that that's how her life is going to be and has to roll with the punches too. Yeah. I think that's very well said. Now, uh, Gabby may not have had a successful marriage, but happily, you cannot say the same. Uh, you tied the knot with your longtime love, Marlon Aquino, last year. Can we hear about the proposal, please? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I... Um... You know, my Mar Marlon's also like Gabby. He's a lot about family and he wanted to make sure that as much family was present at this moment as possible. So he decided um, on a trip that we were in Miami visiting family for Christmas. I think it was like five days before Christmas is the 20th of December um, to get together my entire family at a place that I love, which is an art museum. I one of my personal hobbies is, is to visit museums. I love to be around art. It makes me feel awesome. And, uh, so we, you know, I thought it was a, a regular day of going to the art museum and in Miami. And, you know, at first, actually, what's funny is I didn't want to go because we were in Miami for a couple of days. And I was like, baby, we're going to go to a museum for two, three hours. I've already been to this museum. I've already seen all of these exhibits. Actually, it was just about like six months ago. And, you know, he was like, Camila, you're so <laughs> selfish. I haven't been to this museum before, you know? And I said, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh -huh. go to the stupid museum. So we go to the thing, we park, we're going in there. Of course, I already was like, fine. I was engulfed in the art. I was in love. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, well, we have lunch reservations. And I was like, lunch reservations. That's weird. Uh, okay. Well, whatever we go up to where the lunch is, and he's like, well, before we go to lunch, let's go check out the view. There, our table's not ready. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So we go by the water, we walk towards the water. And then all of a sudden he turns me around and he starts telling me, he's like, well, you remember this morning we went to the beach to, to go say hi to your dad. Cause I, my dad for me is in the ocean. And so I said, yeah. And he's like, well, he's here with us today right now too. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, well, and then he starts like, you know, getting on one knee and I was like, I love you so much. And all of this, and I honestly like lost sound. I couldn't really even hear what was happening at that point. Like all my, all my senses were like override, override. <laughs> this is too much. And, you know, I just see him like, you know, pulling out a ring and all of, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, are you serious? I was like, I was like, are you freaking serious? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And I said, yes. And as soon as I said, yes, I hear a crazy crowd behind him, which I had not seen. Cause remember I had lost complete sight, sound, everything. <laughs> I was just focused on him and it was all, everybody It was like 20 people, my family, his family, friends that were there just waiting for that moment. And it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was followed by a, a champagne toast. So it was perfect. Well, so obviously you were surprised. Um, <laughs> so how soon did you start your wedding planning afterward? Uh, you know, I actually started pretty soon because I don't like the winter. I'm not like a cold <laughs> person. I didn't. And so for that reason, I didn't want it to be and it's super expensive. So I didn't want it to go be somewhere tropical. If it was going to be a year later, you know, I didn't want to have to have some people tra travel very, very far. So I thought it has to be a summer wedding. And it, this was December. And I thought, Oh, well, summer wedding, that's only six months away. That's not a long time unless I make it for a year and a half later. Uh, and I didn't want that. You know, we definitely both have older grandparents that we wanted to make sure would be present at our at our uh, celebration. And so I had to put my thinking caps on in January and my wedding was in August. So it really wasn't a lot of time. And I thought 
I was going to do it all by myself. And I got one consultation with a wedding planner and I said, listen, I already have a book. I had a book of like 30 pages already of research and things that I had done. And she was very impressed. She said, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she started talking and I, and I started realizing that I needed a wedding planner. <laughs> I could, I had first gotten a consultation for her to only be at the actual day for a, you know, extra hand here and there. And no, 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 no. She's like, you've got six months at this wedding and you don't have this, you don't have this and you don't have that. And I said, no, (laughs) you crazy. So I ended up getting her and with the help of her and, you know, in those six months, we were able to make it happen. So did you, do you feel like she was critical to making that happen? Like, are we glad we hired her? Oh my God, sweet Marie. I am (laughs) so happy I hired her, honestly. I had utter chaos occur at my wedding and she allowed me to not implode that day. (laughs) Honestly, the reason why I did not go bonkers that day was because of her. Oh, well now of course we have to ask what happened. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you. So my wedding was in Joshua tree and I had gone to this venue because I saw it on HGTV on a commercial. Okay, guys, I saw a commercial for it on HGTV and I said, oh my God, this is a magical place. I want to get married there. But of course, Marlon was like, Camila, you're crazy. Let's go stay a night and see if it's even plausible to make a wedding happen there. All right, so we stayed. Mind you guys, this place is a really cool venue and it's a hotel. They have multiple places that you can stay, but the towers, it's kind of not practical They're, You know, they don't have a bathroom inside of each tower. They have a small ballroom that it was kind of unfinished at that moment. And then they just have this kind of desert. It's just kind of this free for all. And so, you know, we spoke to the guys and that, that were the owners and we were thinking, we were saying, we're thinking about having, having our wedding here. What does that sound like to you guys? And they were super excited. They were like, Oh, we, we've only had one wedding here and it was outside completely, but we're finishing this ballroom. This ballroom will be complete. And, you know, we have a sound ordinance at 10 PM in Joshua tree. So, you know, after 10 PM, you guys could go in the ballroom and party till whatever time you want. You know, we've tested it because we've had parties here and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we were sold. We visited in the six months we visited, like at the three month mark, just to do another scout with my planner. We stayed the night and we showed her the progress and there was progress, but you know, the progress was kind of in the midway where there was still fiberglass, like kind of stuck in the, the walls. There was insulation and stuff like that. There Some panels didn't have, uh, you know, sheetrock or, you know, they, they weren't. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Done at all. So we were, you know, there was piles of trash and we were like, okay, well, hopefully by in three months, this will be done. They promised us. Oh my God. The night, the day, no, two days before my wedding, we all drove down to Joshua Tree. I live in Los Angeles, so it was two hours away. As I'm cheerfully driving towards Joshua Tree, my planner calls me and said, Camila, don't freak out. We will fix this. Never but, a good start. Yes. She said, we will fix this. But do you remember when we came for the three-month walkthrough? And I said, yes. She said, do you remember how the ballroom looked? And I said, Yes. She goes, that is exactly how it looks right now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you're no, I'm dreaming. This is a nightmare. Like I was like, somebody wake me up. This is not real. And that's what ended up happening. Apparently, you know, they gave us some like excuse that a couple of their workers got COVID and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, the excuses didn't matter because my wedding was going to happen in two days. And we had a ballroom full of trash with insulation that was visible and exposed wires and nails that were exposed as well. And not only that, but you know, they had promised us all these lights outside so that we would be able to have dinner outside. And none of that was done. 
So at that point, my, my, my wedding planner was like, well, should we find a hall? Should we just find a hall and do the ceremony outside and then like escort everybody to the hall? And this guys, this is in the middle of nowhere in Joshua Tree. Okay. Like I'm talking about nowhere. There was, there's a Walmart and a Dollar Tree and a KFC and a Burger King and then a couple other small businesses and that's it so there was no hall the closest hall was palm springs which was like an hour and 20 minutes away so i was like no we're gonna bite the bullet and i had a couple words with the gentleman that owned the venue and they were like listen i have hundreds and hundreds of rolls of this thick white canvas that I'm going to, with a pressure machine, pressure punch onto the walls. And it's not going to look like anything. It's going to look like white walls at night. And I said to him, I don't care what the hell you do. <laughs> just freaking do it. And this is a nice version. I was like, please just do it. And at that point, my planner went into full on action mode. She went to every, like she went to the Walmart. She went to Palm Springs to like TJ Maxx, the Marshalls, everywhere she could to find like, like pillows and like little comforters and like little blankets that she could like put up on areas that weren't like covered. She just made it work. I mean, honestly, it was the, the turnaround from the next day when we walked in there. And of course, like at, in the daylight, you could see that they were panels of canvas. But honestly, at night with the DJ lights, with it being dark, we made it work, but it was still so, it wasn't what you have in mind. You know, it wasn't what you planned. It wasn't what you've been thinking about this entire time. So, you know, thank God for her. I will say this a hundred times or anybody that is having a wedding over 50 people get a planner because it will save you. We'll always have something go wrong. Oh my I, I goodness. can't believe that they waited that like two days before you still didn't know that's I know. what was going to well, happen when you arrived, I guess what happened, but yeah, that, those were the words I, were, I was having with the gentleman. I was like, how could you not tell us that this wasn't getting done? Heck I would have gone looking for workers for you to, I don't know. We were just trying to find solutions, you know, easier solutions than like right then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, what did your dress look like and how did you choose it? So I had this whole, this whole wonderful appointment with this really great, um, dress company in Pasadena. And I thought it was going to be amazing and have my girls there. We were in the middle of COVID guys. We were in the middle of COVID and I was only able to bring one person. So I brought my mom and my dog. And so we went up there and I had this I had this one designer in mind that was very bohemian and I had this one dress. And I, when I saw it, I immediately thought of the venue. It worked perfectly with the venue and I thought it was going to just be brilliant. But when I tried it on the amount of fringes it had made it way down so much that it didn't have the movement it had in all the photos and it kind of ruined the vibe for what I wanted. So it's kind of like stuck. And I was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? And all of a sudden my mom, she always comes to, to, to the aid. She's like, Camila, Camila, look, look at that dress. It's full of stars. You're a star. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, what do you mean? And she's like, look at it. It's gold and bronze and silver stars appliques everywhere on tool. And I was like, oh my gosh, it is pretty. She goes, think of it at night in Joshua tree. I was like, oh mom, stop romanticizing it. And so she <laughs> just, you know, went on and on and on. And I was like, okay, well, if I get this dress, I, cause it was uh, kind of like this tan colored, the tool. So it wasn't necessarily a white dress. I said, mom, if I get this dress, I still have to get a white dress. I wanted, I want to wear a white dress for, for my wedding, for my ceremony. She's like, well, I don't know, Camilla. I still like this one for the ceremony too. I'm like, no, I know that you're avant-garde and you're contemporary and all this. And I was like, but I want a white dress, damn it. <laughs> so I bought this dress and I was content with, you know, whatever, wearing it, but I still always would go and look online the months to follow and think, man, if there's something on sale, I could find that would be white, that would work, that would be perfect. And I kept manifesting. And one day I was on the David Bridal's website and I see a Vera Wang bohemian off the shoulder with sleeves that were removed um, dress 
kind of ball gown, but not too huge with like this pattern underneath of this tool. And I thought, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I said, it's $112. How could that be? That makes no sense. So I said, all right, well, let me go see. Oh, they have one near me. Okay. Let me go. Let me go. So I go over to the David's bridal. I get there and she says, well, honey, we have it in a size 16. And I said, oh God. So I said, let me just try it on to see what it even looks like, because maybe I don't even like it. You know, maybe once I see it in front of me, I'm not going to like the way that it is. And the cups on the size 16, one cup fit in my whole middle chest. It was all covering the one chest. And I was like, how is this going to work? Like, I had to imagine how this was going to be. And they were trying, trying, trying to clip it in the back or whatever. And I just said to myself, I don't know why this is going to work in my size. I know in a size two, this is going to work. So they were looking, they were looking, they found in a size two and they said, well, listen, it's going to arrive in around two weeks. I said, get it, order it, order it. And here comes my sister, the coupon queen, Camila, I have a 30% off coupon. The dress ended up being like, 90 bucks oh, for wow. my wedding dress. And I just, it, it was the perfect dress for the perfect venue. It was super bohemian, super perfect for the desert. It ended up just working out perfectly. And it was a very wedding dress, which was one of the ones, one of the designers that I wanted for my ceremony dress. So it worked out. Oh, it was all meant to be clearly. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So tell us how is married life? Oh, it's great. Can't you see? I got my husband snoring here in the backyard. Like I got to just deal with this snoring and I just got to take it. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's honestly like he, Marlon, we, we've been, we were together for 10 years before we decided to get married. And I think that that was such an amazing foundation for the friendship that we have now. I mean, we lived together before we got married. So we knew what that was going to be like. And honestly, you know, even these last two years, I think <laughs> bigger than marriage has been surviving COVID. I mean, surviving the pandemic yeah. it, to me, it was going to be like you either make it or break it in the couple situation, you know? And, and I saw a lot of couples break, but I law, I saw a lot of couples make it and the ones that made it are very solid. I think that kind of brought another level to their relationship you know, being stuck together at home and not being able to kind of leave. It also, it also is a scary situation for people that are in abusive situations. Honestly, I can see it in that aspect too, but for us, it was really rewarding and really amazing because it brought us together to a level that we didn't even know we could go to. And from there, we've been growing and learning from each other. And, um, you know, Marlon in general is a really supportive um, person and boyfriend and now husband. So I'm just really, really grateful. We yeah. love that for you. Well, the first thing I made Camila do when I saw her at the day of days was show me your hand. Oh, <laughs> you're beautiful. Um, but speaking of the day of days, you just were there. It was back for the first time in person since 2019. So tell us about the experience. Yeah. You know, it was amazing to, to feel that energy again, that, that there, there's like a specific, like electric energy in the room when it's day of days, the morning, the day, the, every, even through lunch, it's just like having people there that support what you do, that love what you do, that love the stories you're involved in. That's that, that root for you is so powerful. I was just like, you know, it's intoxicating when you're there being around the fans. I, I just want to get up and hug and, and kiss everybody. And some people that don't even want me to kiss them. I'm like, come over here. Come here. <laughs> some time with us. Thank you for watching the show. People that have, that go to this event that tell me that they've been watching for 10 years, five years, one year, or even this one guy that I met this, this time around said, listen, last year I picked up your show. I haven't been able to put it down. You know, it's just something that is so extremely rewarding and God, I, I wish that I could bottle that, like that gratefulness that I have up and be able to like spread it around because it is so wonderful. Um, how I feel when I'm around, um, the fans of the show, when I'm at this event, even for me, like I get giddy when I see the trailer, you know, of the preview that's coming, uh, getting to see the day players perform four songs. Like I was on live the entire time, like fangirling on the corner. <laughs> That's just, it's just so much, it's so much fun. And I was telling Dan, that was my partner um, throughout the whole day. I was like telling him, we work so hard. We have so much pressure on our daily basis. We are shooting these like really dramatic circumstances. And sometimes like these hateful things that we get to say, 
And here we are on a Saturday, not having to worry about learning lines without having my script in front of me, not having a camera pointed at me as far as like, you know, you're on and having to do what you got to do as your character. And it's that pressure. You don't feel that. And you're just there to have fun and enjoy and soak it all in and, 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 and talk to people and engage and interact. It's, it's honestly such a wonderful day. And I am so grateful for the people that put it together because I know it's not an easy feat and I know that it's not cheap. So I'm just really grateful that they, they leave aside a budget for that to happen because it's, it means a lot to not only the fans, but to us. That's awesome. And it's, it's such a, such a great event. So sadly, um, the days of our lives cast knew that, that John Aniston had passed away the day before the day of days. Um, what, what memories come to mind that you can share with us about John? Yeah. You know, I will tell you this, this business makes a lot of people bitter throughout, throughout their existence, especially, you know, especially a, a lot of men. It makes, it makes them very tough. It makes them very rough. It makes them very hard in the exterior. And John was not like that. John was a freaking teddy bear. And I was always kind of in awe whenever he was around. I'm very boisterous and loud and I have a lot of energy, but when he was around, I felt like I needed to just like observe and like let him take command of the room and the situation. And it wasn't because he was commanding. I just wanted to like watch him and, 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 and hear exactly every single word that was coming out of his mouth, because there was always a funny joke. That's something that has been, it's funny because I think about it and I'm like, that is something that in, in my memory is always that he would always say a joke, but then I hear all these people say the exact same thing. And that's just how he was. You know, he always had a dirty joke or some inappropriate thing to say um, in a really low key way that would just kind of like come out of nowhere. And you're just like sitting there and in that energy, you're just like, okay, John, that's where we're at right now. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and in that, in that same energy, that's why he was so such a pleasure to be around and work with. He made people, he made the stuffiness of the room kind of go away. He, he, he was that guy that um, is this icon, but it was just this like down to earth dude, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we, you know, we're going to, we're going to miss him very much. I know definitely I am, especially if the few times I got to work with him, it was always very rewarding for me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like everyone kind of had the same experience with him in, the, in, in terms of his sense of humor, for sure. And now you are a few months into shooting a days that is being produced for Peacock, but you had already had experience working with Peacock. So tell us about doing Beyond Salem chapter two. You know, it was just so much fun because we, we get to do days. We get to do the regular sets that are there and they're awesome. They're the classic iconic sets. But when we get to do these kind of like out of the box storylines where you're in Hong Kong and, you know, I don't remember exactly where they were, but I don't know, really, but all these crazy locations where we, we replicate them at this really like big scale, you get to see, to be honest with you, you get to see the amount of money that's invested. And, and it's really nice to see it's, 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 it makes you feel like this is really important that this is really exciting. The energy of the room is there. We have tons of extras, 10 more than we would have on a regular day. It's just like, feels like Christmas, honestly. And, um, and that's what, what, what those, uh, series have been. They have been kind of like this day's explosion affair where we get to play out these fantastical storylines that we don't normally get to play on days. And we have these odd pairings that we don't normally pair as well. And so it's just fun to be able to, to kind of work outside of our box. I always go back to that episode a long time ago where it was, um, like a parody of all the Oscar nominees, because when we do get to work outside of the box, it works because we're all so great in different aspects. We work so well for comedy. We work so well in horror. We all have worked in different genres. And so I think it's amazing when we, when we get to play beyond our box. Now, obviously Peacock is your, is your professional home, you know, uh, how did you react to that news? And is there anything different in terms of like your experience, would you say working uh, on the days that's, you know, streaming specific, if you will. Difference. No difference. Like I was telling, you know, I was telling uh, people at day of days, we had a, we had a meeting with our, our, our executive producer 
Albert. And, you know, he said something that it just, it's very clear. It's the same show, same people, same thing. We're shooting the exact same way. Nothing's going to change. And that's pretty much how it's been for us. I know there's a lot of people that have made comments about like, oh my God, well, the show's going to be completely different because now they can, you know, get away with a lot more. Well, yes and no, we can, we can get away with a lot more. It doesn't mean we will, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think the true values of the show are still there. And I think that that's something that can, the writers want to still play within the, the show. Well, uh, circling back to Brittany Underwood, you just worked with her in a Christmas movie that she directed, um, Sweet Navidad. So tell us about that experience. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, I love Brittany Underwood so much. Like I said, she was to me like a sister, uh, a cousin, like family when I lived in New York, which was kind of a troubling time for me. Um, and so when I found out that she was getting into directing, it was because we were working on a film together as both actresses. And I was telling her, I was like, oh my gosh, you would be amazing at directing because she has attention to detail. She is very educated. She's just, I see her perfectly as a, as a director. She has so much energy for it and it, and it works perfectly for her. And so I was super on board and super excited. And so she's, you know, she's telling me here and there and all of a sudden, a couple months later, she calls me up and she's like, listen, Camila, I know that this is kind of far-fetched because your schedule's crazy. I know they don't let you do anything. Like I told you guys, we shoot year round. We don't really get around to, you know, working on other things because it's hard. Our schedules, it's hard to shoot maybe a whole movie in one week during our hiatus week. That's tough, you know? So she says, I know this is kind of impossible, but I can't get this out of my head. The script, it's you. It's you, Camila. Like, I can't. It has to be you. Is there any way that we make make this happen? And I said to her, well, send me the script. I want to know what's going on. Like, what? what yeah. I mean, I, if you think I trust you. So if you think it's me, 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 then I, I will even make this work before reading the script. I don't care what it is. Like, let's just do it. And so we kind of fought back here and forth, back and forth. And I said to my manager, I was like, I really want to make this work. It would be my first lead. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Latino Christmas movie. Come on, let's do this. And so, you know, we kind of fought back and forth with days on some, a couple of days there because it was kind of in between uh, shooting and it, it worked out. There were a couple of days where I had to shoot half days at, at days of our lives. And then I would go straight to shoot Sweet Navidad till late at night. But, you know, I was super grateful that Days of Our Lives let me do it because having Brittany as the director of my first lead was beyond a dream that I could even it was like having, you know, uh, uh, Remington having me answer the questions that I thought were silly or whatever. Like I could ask her anything. And, and that was the best position to be in as the lead, because it was my first time. I didn't know what I was getting myself into and it was perfect. She did such a good job. I just saw the movie three days ago. It's so freaking cute. Um, maybe it's because I had low expectations. You don't, you never know what it's going to be when you're putting it together. So it just came out so much better than what I thought it was going to be. And I, if you guys like Christmas, I highly recommend it because it's a great Christmas movie. Well, Camila, first of all, I'm so proud of both of you. That's it's so awesome. And secondly, where people like Christmas and like you and like her, where can they find this movie? Well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet, but first of all, you can find it on Lifetime. We are going to be launching on another app, but I haven't done an interview. There's going to be, I'm going to be doing an interview coming up about another app that it could be launched on that a lot of people that watch days can <laughs> watch it. So yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it, it will be all the month of December on this other app that a lot of people can watch, but it's also on lifetime right, right now. You can watch it on lifetime. I know they've replayed it twice on their regular cable streaming. No, they've played it three times. Um, but you could watch it anytime on their app as well. Oh, excellent. Um, now Camila, it's hard to imagine, but you joined the show in 2010 and here we are 12 years later. So first question, who do you think has grown and changed more you or Gabby? Wow. Um, I don't, I really don't think that one is more than the other. I think we both honestly have gone through a lot, a lot because 
you know, well, I haven't been through prison. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe that changes a little, you, Camila. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to say a little bit more Gabby, a little bit more Gabby. She's gone through, through a little bit more trauma, but as far as growth, I think the both of us have grown so much. I mean, I remember when I first came in, I was, I wasn't even 21 yet. I was 20 years old. I remember our first meet and greet. I wasn't allowed to have alcohol at our dinner. Wow. And, um, and I was just surrounded by all these like big people and I was just mesmerized. I remember I really, I barely spoke. I, I felt like I couldn't, I, I didn't know them. You know, I was such a, like a newbie and I, I, I wasn't like putting myself out there. I felt very timid and now it's so different. This is my family. I can't even imagine me being timid or shy around them at all. Um, these are, are my people. These, these, these are the people that understand what I go through every single day. Um, and, uh, and for Gabby too, she's gone through the most with all of these people you know, they are her family. They are the people that she protects and loves. And so I think the growth has been tremendous for both of us has been monumental. It's been 12 years, Uh, 12 years of of growth. Now, Camila, Gabby is the, like the sole Latina Latin X female, you know, in Salem and representing uh, that on the canvas of days of our lives. Is that something that you give thought to? And if so, you know, what are your thoughts about that? 100%, 100% I give thoughts to that a lot. And a lot of people don't like what I have to say about it because I will tell you this, the Latino community, especially in Hollywood, as much as they would like to say that they are inclusive, that they include others and this and that, and they are open and they love everybody, they don't. And it will, I will tell you why. Actions speak louder than words. I have represented um, Latinos on daytime television for 12 years. I and my management have personally submitted paper, not paperwork, because you can't submit paperwork, but I have submitted requests to go to Latino award shows, not, not even to be you know nominated, just to attend these shows as a guest. My, my invites and my requests have been denied. Wow. Um, without explanation. And it's heartbreaking because I feel like it's cool to be in that group and say that you include everybody when you really don't. Because here's somebody that actually has been representing Latinos. And, and I do it a lot. I, I try to speak Spanish whenever is not even written in the, in the scripts. You know, I put in as much as I can my Latino-ness into Gabby. Um, because I think that's important. You know, I, I feel like I have pushed for that. And, and again, I have, I don't feel like I have been allowed to enter that circle. Even when I have, have asked, please let me in, let me know. I want to be in that circle. I would like to, you know, help. I would like to represent, I would like to, it has, it has not been available to me. And that I think is very unfortunate. I think it's a very, it's a very sad thing. I think I, I, I still push it. I still continue my, my journey in that aspect, but you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just not part of the select few that, that are, are allowed to, 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 to be in that circle. Um, but I, I do. So again, with, with Gabby, as much as I can, um, when I'm on at the Emmys, I represent as much as I can as a public figure, I represent as much as I can in general, I, I try to, to encourage my, my heritage. Even just now we did a really wonderful video for Latino heritage with days where, you know, I got to explain a lot about my Cuban culture and stuff like that. So it was really nice. Mm -hmm. Well, Days certainly does let you shine. And, uh, you know, Gabby is not only on the show after 12 years, but featured so heavily in storyline. You know, what does that mean to you? I mean, honestly, like it's, it's beyond and on because to, 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 first of all, to have them say, okay, Camila, Camila is really good with memorizing. She can handle a lot of words. She can handle, you know, lots of paragraphs. That's one thing. But like you said, to be incorporated in so many storylines, to have interactions with people that have been on the show for so long that are icons that I get to learn and be around all the time is an honor. You know, I am um, I'm just a little Guanita girl from Miami that lived and grew up behind a bakery 
And I, that's how I see myself every day. When I look in the mirror to be on, it's such an iconic show. It makes me feel so proud that I can tell my family like, Hey, we, we did we're we're doing what you set out to do. You know, my family came to this country wanting to come to this country for 13 years, putting an application into a lottery for 13 years for a long time, hoping that they could come to the American dream and to see my grandparents, see their granddaughter, you know, turn on the television and she's in the box is amazing. Like that to me is like the dream. I remember telling my mom when I was little, like, I want to be in the box. I want to be inside the box with those people. How do I get in that box? And I, I was watching the Christmas movie the other day and I was alone in, in my apartment. And I was just like, I'm here washing dishes and I'm in the box. What the heck is going on? Like, this is crazy. Like, this is what I dreamed about. And, and then this is what I have fought for, for 30 years, for a long time. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, before we let you go, given that it is Thanksgiving week, uh, what would you say you are most grateful for when you reflect on your 12 year days journey? I am so grateful for the men and women that are part of the crew of days of our lives. They are some of the hardest working people. I get emotional talking about them because, um, some of these guys are like my second dads, my uncles. Um, they protect us in even as like cameramen, as boom operators in a way that you have no idea. They care about us. Um, they celebrate us. And um, and I have grown to love the cast and crew, wardrobe department, makeup artists, like my family. I share, I vent to these people. I, um, I laugh with these people. I cry with these people and, um, and I do it every day year round. It doesn't happen just for three months or six months. We're there year round. And, um, and it's, you know, I'm just very grateful for their spirits. They never, I never see anybody in a bad mood. I always, they always bring me up. They're always in awe of what we do, just as I am in awe of what they do. So I'm just very grateful and very thankful for um, the crew of our show. Well, Camila, what a beautiful way to end it. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Wonderful. (laughs) And we appreciate all your time today and for chatting with us again. Of course. Thank you so much and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. And a very happy holiday season as well. Happy holiday season to you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Camila Banis for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back again for another podcast. 